I'm going to minimize that because I don't sure. want to look at yeah, yeah. myself. So let's say this is for me. Yeah. Let's say this is for my podcast and I'm going to edit this heavily. I hope in actuality you cut nothing out and <laughs> you just leave it as is. My, my hope is that I can say things so awful and outrageous that I would have to. Okay. There's really no way. Sounds good. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Whenever we've done this before, it was for my thing and you know, it's family, whatever, but, mm -hmm. but it's fun to go into it with the idea that it's for your thing. And I'm so happy that you do have a channel. Right now I'm enjoying the privileges of having no audience. Yep. I've already just gone on the record saying the weirdest things as it should be about how I feel about all of this. So yeah. it's like, I can say my strangest positions on things and my strangest positions on art. And I know five people will hear it, but it's still on the record. Yeah. It's done. I have it out there. What's great is doing that upfront. You're front loading the process. Cause in my case, I'm trying to be, let's say that pure self later in the game. Mm -hmm. Right. So just kicking it off with it and saying, you're shortcutting the system. I guess so. So I'm just opening with the utter insanity of what it feels like to having been doing art for what, 20 something years. It's hearing that makes now. me tired. <laughs> <laughs> it is yeah. kind of crazy though. Yeah. And I, and I've always told you that, you know, you should make a channel and podcast something because what I got to witness living with you for two years, I want the world to see. And I, maybe you haven't done all all of Steven Zapata, the spectrum online yet, but I imagine and I hope that you will. If it's a natural part of me, it will manifest at some point. <laughs> the other day, you were uh, doing stories and then, oh, hi, dog. Come here. And then you were just recording something and your window was open and somebody was blasting music and you sounded like you were upset. Like, who is playing that song? It's so good. I want to know the name of that song. I was like, yeah, that's Steven. Hi, dog. Hi, pupper. You want to pick her up? Or you want I, me to take? I mean, she, I'll she, hold her. She sees, she sees <laughs> something's going on here. She needs to be involved. Dog. Here you are. Yes, please. Look, oh. she's on the podcast now. The, the, the bork cast. The bork cast. How do I hold her? Take her body. I'm trying. Take her dog body. <laughs> okay, she's growling. No, it, she growls at me. When if I pick her up and I throw her on, I'm like, look, you're coming with me to bed right now. We're yeah. gonna go cuddle in bed. She's mm. she's just letting you know, like, well, I don't want to do this, but fine. All right, I want one. I want this exact. You should dog. get one, man. I can't. I travel too much. <laughs> I guess that's true. Real quick, the reason I'm even here in New York, because obviously you're in, we're in New York, because that's where you live. Uh, I was. I'm just visiting. Because, like, I'm sure some people might see this and be like, you were in New York and you didn't do a meetup. You didn't even let me know. It's like. I'm only here for a few hours. Like literally, I'm just driving through. Literally, you're here for yeah, like four hours. That's not crazy. even spending the night. That's crazy. Yeah, I'm, I'm very, mostly here for the dog. I'm very glad you're here. All right, <laughs> we had some we had some good conversations. Um, uh, as we had lunch and grabbed coffee, and we're like, oh, this would be great for the podcast. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, I forgot all of it. Me too. You know, like goals. Like, what are they though? Uh, yeah. Like, what does it really? What does that mean though? I'm often in a mood where I'm just like, what happens day to day is great. You know, right. just whatever happens, this is what I draw today. This is what happens. I'm in a mood lately where I'm thinking like the other side of the spectrum where you're like, what's the long-term plan? Mm -hmm. What does this become? Right. And, you know, there's all sorts of conditioning factors for that. You know, you look at your finances, you look at what you've been doing, you naturally want changes, stuff like that. 
I'm trying to be very okay with admitting that I don't know what I want. And I also don't know what I want from being an artist mm. in the most foundational sense. We know what the good advice is. Right, we know right. what the good advice to hand out is, right? It's like, know what you want, know what kind of artist you want to be. <laughs> you get that portfolio together. You it's aim that it at, easy, right? You aim it at, like, see, that's the thing. That's the thing. We know that's not easy. Right, we right, know right. that's ridiculously hard. Because it's like also asking the question, who are you? Yes. What is your soul? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I never thought I'd be that guy that was like the hippie, like, you got to find your soul. Let it breathe onto the paper. Like. That's it. That's the only thing. That's it. It yeah. always comes back to that. Once you've gotten that cursor stuff out of the way, it all goes into ridiculous soul stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, the thing that we were talking about before, as advice that I give to other people and people give to me, because it's hard to take your own advice. Um, but this, and you said it in a good way, where you surrender to the will of whatever the universe might present to you and and not try to force it into what the ego might want you to do. Like, yeah. oh, I want this to be something that looks cool for whatever, uh, or good enough to impress people, but instead to just get out of the way and let yourself be the vessel uh, through which like the, the experience that you have as a human go through you and then come out. So if you have like an idea about this cool little Mega Man plushie, and that's an idea that's there, it's knocking, you just do it. Yeah. But once your ego kicks in, especially for me, it's like, well, no, that's not the style we do. That's mm -hmm. not what we want to be perceived by. We want to look serious. We want to do sharp rendered stuff. And like, but willingness to, like you said, surrender to the will of all those ideas that you have. <clears throat> but it's like, it's easier said for, I think, us because we already did the professional stuff. We've been there. Um, I that, guess that trips me up a lot. We're, we're I guess, talking about. Um, when you've gotten to a certain point and you're asking now what, mm -hmm. you know, so. How can I say this with a straight face to people who are on sort of the other side of that right. hill when I, it seems disingenuous coming from someone like me because I imagine because I dumped so much time and money <laughs> into the skills, right? right I right, feel right. like it gives, I it must seem like, yeah, it's easy for you to say, Bye-bye. But even that, like, talking about this, it just so happens to be the experience I'm having. Mm -hmm. And so be it. That's what I'm going to express. Mm -hmm. So, like, I could have a concern for the 14-year-old me who's on the other side, hasn't reached a certain, let's say, skill level or pro or professional degree, um, which I do. I, you know, I have instructional content for that. But, like, right now, my... I guess because like you know I'm on that one fantastic week podcast with yeah. Pete Morbacher and Sam Flegel. Um, it's it's the questions that happen after you've gotten to a certain point, and so I don't know. I'm, I'm just I'm just a broken record right now, but it it, yeah. it it has a broken record quality. Yeah, yeah which I feel is like it's unavoidable. Which is the curse of it. Yeah. yeah, I feel like right now with all my art goals and art ideas, I feel like I'm operating out of like a space of the unknown. First thing on my priority list on art right now, this was not always the case. Point number one is I have no idea what this is. Okay. That's point number one. I My foundation 
is that this is mysterious and strange. Right. That was not always the case. Right, right. That's new. I don't know what decides my interests. I don't know why I'm interested in those things. I don't know why I like the art that I like. I don't know why I feel the way I feel about my art, which right. is always something different. Love it, hate it, doesn't matter. It rolls, and a, the vast majority of it, if I'm honest, 98 to 99%, if closely scrutinized, is out of my control. Huh. Yeah. Is out of my control at this point it felt much more in control when i was sweating perspective when i was learning anatomy those years where it was what is three point what's two point how do cones of vision work where do the muscles insert how do things flex how do things bend when that was the primary function of my art and my practice ironically that felt like it was more in control Mm. the like and that's the grasping stage right Mm. that's like when you're really struggling to get better and like gain your foundations right now looking back i'm like that was really when i had the most solid idea of what that was right because now that that stuff runs on autopilot take like the deltoid right if you're if you start if you start consciously thinking about that deltoid right if you actually tried to do it from the ground up right like remembering like there's the head of the humerus that's where the insertions are. It goes up to the clavicle here, spine of the scapula there. The whole thing falls apart. It rolls best when it's rolling. It's second nature. Yes. Yeah. All that stuff runs on its own. Mm-hmm. Everything's getting out of control. It's all mysterious. It's all strange. I don't know from whence this comes now. Right. And so if we frame that in the question of what do you do now mm-hmm. and why? And the answer is it doesn't matter. Yeah. Right. So let's well, let's put it in the context of well, let's say we need to do this for money. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. Um, and we do. Yeah, I, I do. And so, let's say you're doing artwork specifically to garner security, etc. Uh, you might have to angle your work in a certain way and pitch it and have it marketable. Fair enough. And then you you do that. But let's take that out of the equation. If all that's left is well, you're living a comfortable life, and you're just floating in in the in the universe here on planet earth, whatever. Uh, and then you have these technical foundational skills of drawing. What do you do? If it's mm-hmm. not about making money, is it about your identity? If so, I think that might be like a pitfall mm-hmm. or is it about just expressing what is, what is right. But right. Then, right. But then like, <laughs> what is the, but you don't ask the question. You just let it happen. I think, I think, because like sometimes I'll, uh, you know, have moments where when I can like really be alone and think for a long time, uh, I can envision all these cool ideas, not even cool, just like ideas that are, that come knocking Mm -hmm. and, and they come all the time, left and right. And so it's letting yourself get out of the way because if the ego is in the way, you, you start to pick and choose and, and try to figure out what would serve your ego or your identity or the big picture of social media. Uh, and that becomes a, a tough question to answer because you, you won't, we all want to be, you know, perceived as well uh, as good artists and whatnot, but the willingness to be okay with anything that, that shows up, not anything, but in a sense that stop trying to force the muse to fit to your let's say superficial 
desires. Does that mm-hmm. make sense? Mm-hmm. And I find that when I'm in that mode, that mentality, uh, art just pours out. Because mm-hmm. like I'm doing this current project and it's easy. It's like I, I've just clarified like what I feel. And it's what the human experience I've had makes me feel. And I could put faces to them and I've turned that into a project. Rather than, okay, what would be cool? What would be the thing that I want my identity perceived by? To, to be perceived as and and it, that's just that's a hard question mm-hmm. because that's us trying to be in control and uh the more you try to control the outcome the more rigid it is and and as an artist i don't think that's a good way to go i agree yeah basically on all fronts the identity thing is a little again i think the audience thing is mm. i don't worry m- or not worry, but I don't think much about my identity per se. Right. How it's perceived. I did. You always had an audience, though. Basically, if we rewind a bit, before I even had an audience, my biggest concern was how I'm perceived, mm-hmm. and that was like you know, a lot of people go through this. You know, you see the field of people playing the game. You're on the bleachers. You're sitting down, wanting to be the hero of the game. Uh, and the reason I wanted to be the hero was reasons about insecurity and uh, wanted to compensate for, at the time, low self-worth and value. Um, so when I say identity, it's more like a natural result of most people's journey of trying to climb this ladder that we can call the game okay. of right? So I think... You don't in- mean specifically like how your style is seen as an artist. You mean as right. like a- just like a success story or something yeah, like that, yeah, like yeah. who you are as a person. That's my point of view, mm-hmm. my experience. Now, for you, I think, uh, I don't think that's the same story at all. So the, the concerns regarding regarding identity, it's not like, I don't think you're controlling it or wanting to curate it. But rather, mm-hmm. you're just like, this is who I am. So be it. And you're okay with that. Trying to Which be. Is, oh, trying yeah. to be. Sure. Well, so... The trying to be is like, this is hard to put. I I truly feel, <laughs> this is hard to explain. God, what words to put this in? If I draw a sexy grandpa, I'm like, today's a sexy grandpa day. And if I draw some mythical old shit, I'm like, mm. today I feel mythical and old. Like, I don't okay. feel, I don't feel dissonance on that. Um... I feel more like I'm trying, what am I trying to be okay with? It's more like, I have a strange sense that I could just make art in a cave forever and never show anyone, Okay. never do anything with it or something like that. There's, or even like I could just drop it forever. Yes. Okay. Let's get to that. There's days where I'm like, yeah, the artist thing could fall off for good. What would you do? I have no idea. I true. I I don't either. I re- I'm sure. I'm sure I would spend a day like that, and I'd be like, eh, I could just draw again and wind up drawing because <laughs> I really do love drawing, right? right. Um, I don't know. I'd maybe I would do something else creative. Right. There, I definitely have to be a creative person. Storytelling. Yeah, maybe write something like that. I don't know. Drawing is definitely what I have the most skill and proficiency in, you know? I think a lot of what we deal with is 
partly a result of being in a bubble, right? Uh, whether it's starting in 2009 at Art Center when we started, which started the whole, I guess, story arc for me with all of this. Um, but being in the bubble with only artists all the time and seeing artwork and, and your friends are all artists online and all this stuff, it, you don't see the world from a different perspective. Um, so when I get home and I talk to other family members and friends and stuff, they're in a completely different world. And so when I tell them what I do or something, it it's like, it doesn't really, they don't process it in yeah. the same way we do. Um, so it, it begs the question like, what would it be like to willingly leave the familiar bubble and do something completely different? Volunteer at a gardening place, mm -hmm. right? Or, uh, you know, get, get a job doing something that's completely on the opposite spectrum of freedom and creativity. Mm -hmm. And then you let your organism, as a, you as an organism, exist and function in a place that's completely outside of what you normally do. I think that's something that would give us perspective, at least for me, that I would benefit a lot from because my whole life has been this. Right? I agree, yeah. I think from that experience, it'll help answer the questions that we're putting forth now, like what do we do? What is the art? What, Where are we going now? It's all uncertain, but I think stepping outside of it and forgetting that it even exists. Well, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I'd like to. And then it, then it just comes back to practicals. It's like, I can't do that right, <laughs> right now because right, right. I have like a family. I need to right, like... Right, right be supportive and all that like art is how i make money it's the only way i've ever been able to make money yeah, yeah. you know so once the practicals get into once the practicals come into it it's like right now that's not feasible so you know let's talk about that what, what's your uh kind of trajectory for that in terms of using art to make money because you're you're doing some freelance work or yeah you did some ad agency stuff and now you're building the youtube thing mm -hmm. so what, what, where do you see this going also, I think Deirdre texted you. I think what would be ideal for me would be helping people mm -hmm. with art. I mean, like, helping them, not like... <sighs> so not just here's how to do perspective, but no. rather getting into the psyche and, like, helping people? Yeah, because that art really helped me. Right. Like, especially after my dad died right like so my father's suicide was basically a complete shift in my life right this, yeah. and it would be for anyone and that tuned me in to what was happening with my art uh almost immediately like oh. it was a one-to-one -one, it was like an immediate switch in the way i experienced my art and my career um that I, I don't know if it would have happened otherwise, hmm. but it changed my thinking completely. Like the first big thing was, so, so my dad dies, right? And we go through, we go through the whole normal thing. So I'm down in Colombia. I have to, you know, we do the wake, funeral, all of the things there. I go back up with, I go back to New Jersey with my family for a bit to uh just settle everything because it's a big traumatic event yeah and everything sort of just gets turned completely over right 
And then I'm up there in Jersey for like nine days, something like that. Mm. Then I go back to LA. Just going with the flow, I was telling myself that I was more okay than mm. I was, mm. right? Um, looking back on it now, it's like, I should have taken like a month off, you know? Mm, I should have okay. like, I really, it was like, I spent like five days down in South America and then nine days up in New Jersey with my family. And then I was just right back. I even like went basically right back to work. Pause and resume. Yeah, just exactly. And one of the one of the things that stood out to me most in that period was, and I had always noticed this before, was if I sat down to draw, it all went away. Hmm. Which I don't think that's alien for anyone who's really into drawing, right? Like I'd always known, like if I'm stressed about something, if I sit and draw for a while, I can get into a place where I forget about the stressor and I'm just drawing. I'm just doing the yeah. drawing and I'm interested enough in the drawing that I'm not thinking about that other thing. When that happened, like the first time I drew after my dad died by suicide and I sort of came back into it and I was like, I had this moment where I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Like that just happened. That's like, I know that's messing with my head right now. That's like a huge thing to have roiling around in my head. And still my mind was like, what's this hand feel like? Is that flow correct? Like, is this a good sketch? Is this not a good sketch? When I came out of that and sort of snapped back into the context, yeah, yeah. right? I was shocked. I was like, how is that possible? That's very strange. Right. I didn't take that for granted. That started like, that started like a whole new chapter for me. So it was like, like like a flow state kind of thing that you were in and you woke up from it and then it yeah. Which again, that's not unusual. Yeah. Like I had I spent most of my time doing my work in flow for years before. But But the context and the contrast of that moment. It it seemed I did not expect that that was possible. Like right. when I sat down to draw that first time after my dad's death, I was like, this is gonna be a tough one, but we gotta do this, right? The fact that it still was powerful enough to whisk me away. Mm. When it was whisking me away from homework that I didn't want to do or a fight that I had with my girlfriend, that didn't seem big. Like it was useful all those years in college, high school, everything. I'm starting to see this, okay. Yeah, it, it, it was a small thing. I was like, that's nice that drawing can whisk me away from that. When it whisked me away from this real existential crisis that my father's passing put me in, I couldn't take it for granted. Right. I was like, this okay. is really, really quite odd. See, I have never had experience like that. So to hear the, it's nice to see a, a validating thing that art can do for you. Yeah. That, that. And so you're saying that this experience with your father's passing and suicide, that it brought you to this realization that you sort of already had an inkling about this is what you want to bring to the table for others. I think so. It's 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 hard to know for sure, right? Because it sounds more like, and it feels sometimes that what I'm talking about is like some form of art therapy, right? Which is like, fair enough. there's degrees in that. Like that right. is a thing. But, but the A, the way art therapy works really has very little to do with <laughs> the skills or like the repetitive process of 
drawing as we do it right right isn't it just like look at this painting kind of thing or do a thing and i'm not actually quite sure (laughs) what happens in like real art therapy or anything like that i've done some research on it and i i haven't done enough that the convergent parts make sense yet Mm. all i'm seeing right now is how different all the methods seem i don't really get like what's unifying so what's your take on it if you were to try to frame this for someone else who's maybe struggling Mm -hmm. Uh, and how they could possibly be whisked away through this process to ease their troubles. Is this what you do on your YouTube channel? Yeah. Because I, mean, I don't watch your stuff. You shouldn't. <laughs> you don't need it. It's I, not for I, I you. I don't have time, but I'm go- I'll check yeah. it out. I I do. That is basically what I do. Okay. That okay. is what. Or, I'm trying to Trojan horse it. They're basically like drawing meditations. Mm-hmm. They're like these little... You're drawing, and I'm tricking you into thinking that I care that you're drawing. I'm really not a lot. Like <laughs> I'm Trojan horsing um, more this self this self awareness. There we go. And yeah. feeling what's going on because the whisking away. It's difficult for that to happen if you're caught up in I'm doing this drawing because of my career. I'm doing. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. very difficult to yeah. get whisked away irregardless of the quality of my career in art the majority of my work that i've used to get jobs that have gotten me jobs the majority of it is stuff that i'm like all right this is a this is in the portfolio after the fact like i don't okay it's been very rare for me to sit and curate curate and be like this is it it's going i'm doing it for this reason that's the worst place to be (laughs) But it works for tons of people. I I still give that advice, even though I don't do that. I still tell people like set a goal and, you know. That gives me anxiety because it's like trying to curate something and force. But that's because of the things I haven't resolved for myself Mm -hmm. yet. And I'm sure that for me, the same, there's, there, there, of course, there's some conditioning factors that's making me do my practice in that way. Mm -hmm. You know, whether they're apparent to me or not. I wanted to ask, uh, so you're talking about... uh, art on a different level or just taking action whether it's moving your hand and making circles or anatomy that's let's call that physical action in the direction of something yeah. art soccer gardening whatever yeah. um which has a meditative quality yeah um and i find that experience when i'm really in the flow zone the flow state of doing a piece of art or if i'm driving a really long distance mm-hmm. and i'm feeling it I wonder what your take is because you've also practiced meditation for what, like a decade now or something? It's or been a while. Yeah. Um, talk about that. Like, because I've been wanting to ask you too, because mm-hmm. I want to understand meditation, like by just sitting there and like, what, what, what is that experience like? And how is that similar, if at all, to what you're referring to when you're drawing and being whisked, whisked away? It's basically one to one. And that is. This is a weird conversation because what I'll say about meditation is sort of the insights that you get in meditation after doing it for a while. But, and and if you get a good teacher, right? Mm -hmm. If you follow a good program or something like that, or you read good stuff, they'll still like tell you everything outright. But there's a certain amount of it's not real until you experience it. Fair enough. Kind of a thing. Can't be explained as be experienced and understood. Yeah. Yeah. So sitting meditation 
is basically a gambit. It's a trick. Sitting meditation is a trick that you play on yourself where you tell yourself, I'm sitting and doing something right now. I'm meditating, right? That's a, that's a con. You're not doing anything. You're just sitting. That's okay. There. That answers a huge question. <laughs> it's like, am I doing the thing wrong? The thing right? You're not doing anything. So it can't be wrong or exactly. right. Exactly. Oh my yes, God. That's, I'm getting goosebumps. That's it. That is Finally. <laughs> that is it. It's all a trick. Yeah. So you, you sit, the truth is you're, you're not doing anything. You're telling it. It's a gambit to get you to sit and do nothing by thinking that you're doing something because we're horribly anxious we're horribly anxious species right it's like we are sickly afraid of doing nothing we're like i gotta do something if you spend too much time doing nothing you beat up on yourself you get existential fast it gets bad right so you sit you do nothing and then there's the further gambit of meditation is a something you're doing where you're just noticing all the somethings that are happening when it's a nothing that you're doing where you're noticing what happens when nothing's happening. So you're peering at just the ground floor of what it is to be you. And you find out that the ground floor of what it is to be you for all your effort, even though you said, I'm sitting here and I'm just going to be peaceful and I'm going to sit and do nothing. Mm. The ground floor experience of being you is that you sit And for all your best intentions, stuff goes in and out of your head. You don't ask for it. You couldn't guess for the life of you what comes next. It surprises you most of the times what you're thinking. You can't suppress it. You can't control it. The, you try so, you can try to distract yourself so it's an act of observation it's but an, not an act because it's not mm-hmm. yes okay indeed yeah you're but you're, it happens to be an observation it happens to be an observation yeah you're you're getting it quite well so what you find is that the ground floor of your experience is this constant flow of just that just of observations that's all that's happening you're just Rather than repeating, oh, I'm trying to focus. I'm going to focus now. I'm going to not breathe. I'm just going to breathe. Like mm-hmm. so, that's where you start. Yeah. And then after a while, you sort of settle. You you start to get like, fuck, I'm being tricked. This is like, <laughs> this is all nothing. It's not anything. There's no controlling this. So then you settle back. Then you just sit and you are aware. You're just observing, right? So now you're observing the act of your observation. And then the it's two steps back looking. Okay. Uh-huh. Yeah. And then that that gets crazy because you're like, fuck, I'm observing the act of my observing and all my observations are arbitrary. I also can't decide if I'm in the next moment going to be keenly observing or distracted. Even that seems to flow. Okay. And there's very little mapping it. And then so you're doing that, and then it's like and then that turns on itself and then you're in an infinite mirror loop, uh. right? Where you're just, you keep trying to catch yourself. You're trying to look at what's looking, right? And then the final turn is just that that regression, there's no end. There is no final looker. All that ever was was the act of observing. That's why the regression is possible. It's the constant observation. That's the only act that's happening. There's only what you're aware of, and then that that excludes everything you're not aware of. Yeah. <laughs> We're far in there. This is good stuff. So here's a question. Okay. Um, two people, exact same people, parallel universe. One person goes through their life in the same journey, art, 
um, doesn't meditate in this in the same fashion, mm-hmm. but the other one in the same journey does meditate often. What would be the differences in their lives? What are the benefits? And w- like, what is this one missing out on? So I am, I am of a group of people that would maybe is not, let's say, popular these days for why you would meditate. Mm. So right now in our current culture, anything that Let's use mindfulness, which is like these days, if you it's a buzzword, see, yeah, it's a buzzword. If you see a flyer for a meditation class, it's probably going to be labeled mindfulness, mm-hmm. right? That is often billed as reduce stress, um, feel calmer, stuff like that. It is presented in a little package with a bunch of benefits, right? I agree with mm-hmm. most of those things. I think it does help with a lot of that. But I'm of maybe a smaller group that I don't think that's why you would do it. Okay. And I don't think that's why you should do it. I see. I see. Yeah. I I think that instead, I think it's self-validating that it's unbelievably interesting. Mm. I think that that is enough. And I also think that that's the only way to recommend it in good conscience. Because guess what? Life is hard and we all have trauma. If, yeah, if you sit and watch your thoughts, guess what? They're coming up. Yeah, You're going to think of all the bad stuff. So at that point, I have to sort of offer a disclaimer. Like if you're thinking, if anyone out there is thinking of meditating, taking it up, they haven't done it before. If you think it's going to be a purely blissful experience, it isn't. It, right. It's a confrontation with the self. Ah, yeah, yeah. So it is. Like I said, I do think it helps with reducing stress, right? Sort of the stuff that's built yeah, yeah, yeah. often, yeah. not for everyone. And I don't think that's the main reason to do it. Right. I think it it's become sort of self-validating on the fact that it's unbelievably interesting what happens in that space and to learn that about yourself. So it's, it's I don't need- See, if I use the word transcendence, because uh-huh. I don't know what you do transcend a certain you, part of yourself. You can use the weirdest words you want. I have had the weirdest stuff happen while yeah. meditating. Like, you're not going to spook me. Right. <laughs> Nothing's going to happen. I guess what I'm saying, if I offer the word transcendence, it's more of like a, oh, I'm going to elevate myself kind of thing, but rather mm-hmm. to move beyond. It's a good, I, I, I sound like that guy, like the hippie guy, like, you got to just like let go and yeah. separate your soul. But really, that I feel like that's when you're in the flow state, when you're doing something meditative, therapeutic, you separate from your... I guess it feels like it's it's an out of body experience. Yeah, and uh, call that transcendence. Call that having a good time. Call it observing. But uh, you know that's that seems to be why I would do it. It's like to be in that zone because I feel like that's the most human that I could be. Does that make sense? I think so. Yeah. Because like I don't think. I don't know. You, you, we could frame that in like so many different ways. Like, well, to be human, it means to interact and share and be in a loving community. Yes. Yeah. But I think there's something that certain music makes you do too. Like uh, Tool just came out with a new album and they're all about, you know, spirituality, meditation, all this. Mm-hmm. And their music does that. Too. I didn't know that about them. Is that true? I never really listened to Tool. Very much so. Interesting. Yeah. Um, I guess that makes sense with all their album art and all that. Yeah. And, and actually... 
really cool uh, adam jones the guitarist he's really into art his wife's an artist she does like portraits and studies and, and i was watching an interview and my favorite band favorite i mean the guitarist of my favorite band is he's talking about john singer sergeant nice and i'm like wait what that's dope he's talking about mastery and craft but yeah most uh, all the people in the band are very much about getting yourself out of the way so that the art can speak yeah and like funny thing is the main singer he, he was being interviewed and then the guy asked him he's like hey it seems like uh you have a history of rejecting people when they ask you for an autograph why don't you sign uh, your cds or whatnot and he goes why does it matter if i sign it why don't you just go ask the the bartender or that that guy over there it's the same thing we're just people um if you really if and if you're saying that the song really changed you go ask the song for an autograph it's not me and i'm like that's where i want to yeah be. there's a dude who crossed over at yeah, some point yeah yeah that, you that, that stuff is not available in ordinary experience <laughs> i hate to say it's know, just right? not especially especially not to say that to someone in like a a situation that presents societal pressure <laughs> it's like you you have to have had something happen yeah. to go through that but but what i guess what i'm saying is like their music certain art certain stories certain just meditative states not that i've you know meditated too long but it 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 pulls you away and it's almost like the awareness and cognizance that you have which is unexplainable could be quantum i don't know what it is mm-hmm. what is consciousness what is a soul i don't know let's talk about that forever let's do that absolutely <laughs> um but i like it. it it's it's terrifying and and thrilling but also calming and so to think about yeah and tear inducing like some of the stuff like just i'm just in tears like in the moment like letting it happen yeah and i think that's the most huge like we're such artists what's wrong with us i know can't we just be normal people i get sucked in serving pizza like why can't that be us i know (laughs) i get it i get that exact same thing i'm like i'm like oh god this feels like this is the sanest part of my life everything else is what feels crazy it's like yeah it's and it's very hard to put into words and and it does have the danger of slipping into the platitudes like Mm. saying those key phrases that we're afraid will make people tune out you know like like talking about transcendence and sure yeah yeah, yeah. there's just not a lot of words available like in our our current culture we have about a billion words for everything that happens online but what happens in here there's like six that we've been Mm. using since the 70s and no one's come up with new ones you know so it's just the vocabulary hasn't really expanded much recently and the words are maybe i don't know a little tried and tired but the experiences are not the experiences are not tried and tired there's a lyric in one of the songs in the new album which by the way i'm going to a concert in november uh song is descending and the way they present the the build-up and the music and ups and downs and the and the time signatures they use weird signatures where it's odd and odd odd but it lines up eventually it's whatever but it builds up to this idea of uh stir us from our wanton slumber like okay we're kind of like sleeping souls or whatever uh and it, it leads up to this idea of waking up not waking, but like and t- it's so hard to explain it's this hard stuff. i know i know to you activate the part of you that's deeper than all of this and and this part when i was hearing it i, I was in tears like like it it gripped me and it was like uh 
sound the dread alarm through the primal body. That line. Through the primal body. Primal body. Mm -hmm. I got goosebumps and I was like, it was dangerous because I was driving and like I couldn't see and like I, it was like, oh man. And then it goes on to uh, one drive to stay alive. And you'd think it's like a rock song about like killing death metal. It's mm -hmm. nothing. No, it's there's spirit spirit happening here, man. But yeah, it's all spirit. So I, going back to my question earlier, like that state, how do we frame that in the equation of mark making and, and making art and identity and all that stuff so what's your take on that well my method because like i said i've taken some first forays on the channel into trying to yes 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 express this and it's right now i'm basically doing i'm trojan horsing these mindfulness principles mm. there was a point where i realized after doing the observer thing yeah. long enough that I kept having to give things up. I was like, okay, so I'm not the thoughts. Okay, I'm okay. not the feelings in my body. Okay, I'm not my reactions to things. Okay, I'm not my hangups and my preconceptions. I kept having to give things up and release things. And it, it eventually I had to give up divisions between things. Hmm. Like I was like, uh, it, and it wasn't, these surrenders weren't conceptual. They were suddenly believed. I knew they had to be true. Like just, they had conceptual roots and then they just eventually crossed a point where I, it, it was known, like the way you know two, two plus two is four. So one of those things among many was that I was like, everything that's happening here, sitting, meditating, is this is what drawing is. This is the same thing. Okay. There actually is no difference. When that happened, it became very clear to me how to just map those experiences to what happens when you're drawing. Because okay. it, 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 yeah. So the, so first on the channel, I'm sort of trying to chart that course, right? I'm trying to lay out that map and it's very simple, right? And there's only so much I can do. I just need to point people to what it feels like to do the work. And to try to encourage people to be aware, you know what that's like because you're constantly self-aware about what you're feeling and what you're mm. thinking while you work. I mean, oh, you make I, the charts, you make the maps, everything. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. you're you're hyper self-aware. I think you and I are very much on the same page with that. I feel like I'm engineering little mental techniques that will try to switch it okay. for people. My my favorite my favorite one and the one that I think about personally the most is so flow is a big fixation because that's the biggest state change that i think we experience in creative work even people who aren't who don't do it a lot who don't draw a lot even people, any creative work right mm -hmm. they have some familiar familiarity with the sensation of losing themselves in the work or really being in it right music art yeah yeah and they don't have to be great even complete amateurs they? they don't yeah. clearly not they can just enter flow accidentally and it's kids do it all the time. Yes. It's available to anyone. <laughs> yeah. It's available to anyone. Flow is a big fixation because it's so well known. A lot of people have some direct experience of what it feels like to slip into it. So I've spent time and I try to build techniques around the experience of that flip 
and what that feels like. Now that's hard because it's it's natural in the state of flow that there's no metacognition. Right. You're just doing the work. Right. So I sort of have to gate it at either side, right? Like coming out of it or trying to go in. And the for me, the big one is we're very visual people if we're draftsmen, right? right like right. I, I can't try to ascribe this to musicians, anything. I know what mm-hmm. it's like to experience these things through drawing. The one that I like to think about and the one that I've, I'm trying to hand off to people is if you're really aware of how you're seeing, right? Like right now, we're in this room. We see everything here. You and I, having gone to art school, having tried to learn how to paint, we know the sensation of let's abstract all of this and just see it as flat on the picture plane. Colors and shapes that have their own nature. They're not objects anymore, right, right, right. right? We know what that's like, right? And that's, I feel like on a lot of art journeys, that's a step okay. of learning to what you're really seeing and not what you think you're seeing, right? That's a classic art platitude, right? right. Draw what you see, not what you think you see. That has a sensation. There, yes. there is a sensation to being, I'm in, I'm in dream mode where I'm okay. just seeing concepts, right? Like microphone, cup, and then there's like, let's call it drawing scene, painting scene, wherever it is where you, it's like, it's flat, this is what's presented. It's not the idea, right? There is- Photons, it's just photons. Yes, so there is, there is a sensation change in doing that. That's that's cool you pointed out, yeah. It it does feel different, right? So I say, if you open up to that, right? If you feel that, if you know what that's like to feel like as an artist, right? You see that there's that sensation change. You're doing that in the world, right? You're aware of the way you're looking at the world around you. Now, just while you're drawing, right? Now add a couple things to that. You're looking at what you're drawing, right? Let's say you're sketching from imagination, right? You're going to apply that same broad, no concept experience, right? Just raw input. You're going to apply that to everything that's going on Mm -hmm. in this moment. So there's the drawing, There's the sensations that are happening in your body that are supporting the drawing. And there's the thoughts that are happening in your mind, either about the drawing or not, right? That's buffeting them. And you're just gonna feel that. And then I like to focus specifically on the vision. You're drawing right now. What are you seeing while you draw? So when you're looking at the paper and working, and especially when you're not in flow, you, see the thumb size portion of your drawing that is in focus, right? And you're like whisking all over it and you're doing it. What I propose and how I experience this a lot of times and what I think if if other people can sort of keep the awareness running and sort of experience if there's enough awareness, right? While it's happening is that when you slip into flow, right? And your vision just happens to be Uh, a very solid marker of this. What are you seeing when you're in flow? Because my thesis, my proposition is you're not really. You're gone. You're (laughs) just the drawing, right? There's no concept of your body, of these thoughts. exactly it. And you also, the fucked up thing is that you're not even aware even of the drawing. Right. It's almost like all you are is the next step that needs to happen to the drawing with no concept of whether that's good or bad or why, where it came from. And you're gone. 100%. You disappeared in that moment, right? 
There's no real vision. There's no conscious awareness of vision, of bodily sensation, of thought. You're not thinking about the past, future, who's going to see it. You're just in it. You're emptied out. And if that's not nirvana as described in meditation <laughs> what is right? right because that's the that's the un whatever the old words are for that experience the unborn the unconditioned the third eye yeah, all of it yeah. is there could it be anything but that in the fact that you're it's not even that you're doing drawing well there's no room to have a concept about it it's just happening now and this know? goes back to what i was saying earlier the universe, since you are an extension and part of the universe, that's when it takes hold and you get out of the way. Yeah. That's exactly it. For you to get out of the way, yeah. it's not that you're standing to the side. You're gone. You're gone, yeah. You're really gone. Yeah, yeah. You're truly gone. So you yeah. asked the drawing for an autograph, not me. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That's why when I heard that, I was like, he went through something. Yeah, that's yeah. like, that's not available in normal experience, really. Hi, dog. Hi, Fanny. She knows that she's this meditating so all the great. time. Yeah. That's what interests me. You want to understand that and share that and get, help others get there. I'm trying to hand that off, I think. And this wasn't always the case for me. Like, even when I'm beating up on myself about a drawing, right? Like, the most classic experience of the artist. I, I just did something and I'm judging it. And I'm like, eh, that wasn't really good. Is this really helpful, right? Like, even those moments now are more often being conceptualized as, isn't it interesting that I feel that way? Oh, why do I feel that's so because I know that this isn't really that like even those moments are now getting recontextualized as these very interesting illusions. You uh, know? I wish we could take like this medication or some kind of pill that lowers our IQ by half. <laughs> so we don't have to think about any of this because that's our curse. We yeah. think too much, but, oh God. but you're right. You're I'm, right. I'm like trying to just think my way to relaxation, <laughs> which is like so ironic. <laughs> it's so ironic. But I think the kids are, I watched my four-year-old niece draw. She's not thinking about any of this. No. You should see her drawing of the sky. It's just a blue scribble up on the top. It's perfect. It is. <laughs> it is. To her, at least. Oh, know? no, totally. Yeah. You can't draw like that. Like, no. Uh, anyone who, like, whenever you hear someone say, like, like, about, like, Oh, anyone could do that. Oh, that looks like a kid drawing. I always want to turn on them and like, try. Yeah, I do. Try to draw yeah. like a kid. I try. After all these years of building these skills, you, it's I hard. can't yeah. do it. It's hard to draw like crap <laughs> in the traditional sense. Yeah. And it, it's, I don't know, it's ironically harder. Which brings that Picasso quote, which I won't say because I forgot what it is exactly. But yeah, yeah. Yeah, what, yeah, that one really makes sense after a while, right? It yeah. really does. It's yeah. hard to unravel. Kids really do have just the direct access to that ground Dude, floor. this is such a good conversation. You got to come to Ohio. We'll do podcasts there. Okay. Come on. We, uh, yeah. I'm very, I'm very happy to do that. Yeah. Not when it's... You, you guys are probably going to be inundated in like 16 feet of snow pretty this soon. This is true. This um, is true. Yeah. I, so I, that's how I feel. I, okay. I think about all that. Clearly, I think you could tell I think about it a lot, oh, yeah, right? Yeah. And then, so, but you asked me this because you were like, so yeah, finances, like, where do you want to go? Oh, it's right, like, right, I right. say all that, and it's like, sure, make money off of that. So, <laughs> <laughs> especially because I really, and this is another thing, it's like, I really do feel like that is a truth, mm -hmm. some sort of direct connection with what it means to be people and human like you sure, said like yeah. that feels more human than a lot of other things yeah so it doesn't feel right to nah. gate that or charge okay, for it. you get what i'm saying like i feel like that's something that should be available to everyone so yeah you're bringing that to the table because uh, you're experiencing it and you're just like 
I got to share this because, well, there's other Stephen Zapatas out there in the world. And, you know, they might have a different name or, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, what would you say might be the difficulties or the things that might be causing resistance for a lot of people to get to what you're talking about? So there's the first obvious layer of resistances, I think, which is like worries about career yeah. or social position or mm-hmm. I sort of lump that all into what does this drawing mean, okay. right? Like there is a very there is a surface meaning to a drawing a lot of the time that is very it's insistent if you're thinking about it or you're or you're really focused on it, right? It's like if it's a portfolio piece, it's got to fit the idea of the portfolio. Sure. If it's for a client, well, you know that's a whole other like do your job, right? Like sure, get it yeah, done yeah, for the yeah, client. Yeah. But like, even if it's like... That's the eating your vegetables part. Yeah. And, and But then there's even just, if you feel like you're in a skill building phase of your life, you know, that is such like a wide context that you might not be able to ever shake that off, right? right. Like this drawing is to build my skills, right? Indefinitely. And yeah, do. that could really be there for yeah. a, a basically an infinite amount of time. So there's sort of that first layer. I I don't think that needs to disappear. I don't think they can, right? Like at a certain point, you're in the you're in a, the world, and there is context for what you're making, mm-hmm. but they need to be put in their proper place, and there needs to be the the belief, the understanding that they're allowed to be dropped at any moment. If they're if they are thought of in a way that they are, you really think they're real, mm-hmm. like they gotta be here, right? I do think that gets in the way. Okay. And then underneath that, then there's just the problems with experiencing or going for something like that on its own. Then there's problems of like, I'm not worthy of feeling relaxed about this. I'm not, uh, I don't deserve to enjoy this or imposter syndrome, things like that. And then there's let's say more and then the final layer i would say is more institutional societal gates to that there is just a societal mood right now that it's like it's weird to feel that way like Mm -hmm. don't you're just drawing relax like that that's like and then there's tons of even advice among from professional artists that's like drawing isn't hocus pocus there's nothing weird going on just do your work just it's just it's just that right? yeah it's just that you know so those sort of in let's say institutional or societal or cultural gates if you get hung up on those i think those also can hold you up you can just get a feeling that this is all getting too woo woo or it's too weird and and you just need to i'm a brass tax practical person and like drawings practical (laughs) (laughs) i mean i experienced the whole story arc (laughs) still am and i think one of the biggest culprits is this feeling of as I'm doing a piece and I'm not in a flow state, but rather under the pressure of those things you're talking about, there's like a process or a program or an app in the task manager of my brain that is running and it simulates potential scenarios of how people receive it, right. perceive it and whatever and react to it. And it shows all potential outcomes and what this mark will result. And it'll be this like, you know, quantum frequency of potential outcomes and like that weighed down so hard on me. Right. Like, uh, and sometimes it's not so bad because it's like, well, if I know a certain person's going to see it and I know they're like cats, throw a little cat in there because whatever. But it can be really bad if it's 
if if you're if you have low self-esteem and you really want to be perceived as good as I did, uh, it's like I I I'm gonna do this drawing and I really really wish and I hope that the reaction is oh wow that's awesome that's what I really 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 want because I never had that growing up or something that got in the way for me so hard um, but now that I'm digging in and you know discovering all this stuff about meditation and applying that to art and realizing that there's there's tangible moments that become intangible if, if you will mm-hmm. um, that I want to learn to get out of the way for or not be a part of it so it just happens yeah. so you know it, it's definitely a good conversation to have and yeah we are pretty woo woo aren't we I think so I'm yeah, yeah let's the, name the podcast woo woo episode one. Oh, that sounds good yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's the full yeah. woo woo yeah it's hard it, spiritual energy bro it's weird that even in art that's thought of as strange right isn't that yeah yeah yeah, yeah. like it it's abnormal to to be something brought to the surface in conversation yeah for most people for most people yeah. you would think if there was one place where it'd be normal it'd be in in art yeah especially in drawing where it's like you know you're making your own little world every time like mm. not now I'm on the other side of the fence where I spend most of my time being like, it's abnormal to see drawing as practical or simple. It seems, it, it seems paramount to me or prominent to me that drawing is deeply strange and it's sort of weird to pretend it's simple or commercial or practical or that there's any way to get a grip on Mm. it. It's odd. (laughs) You mean there's no one, two, three step of figuring it all out? (laughs) If you had a little IQ, I think it's it's that easy for you. I wonder. And it's hitting us in the face, right? Because like every artist you know, like everyone has a completely different path. Yes. Right? Like no one has the same thing at all. Everyone's path is... And why would they? If they did, it'd be boring. Yes, exactly. And so that's so obvious. Or inhuman. It just wouldn't be human. It would be robotic. Yeah. But we all talk like... It seems like a lot of our advice comes from a place where we're pretending everyone's path is the same. Yeah. You know? On the One Fantastic Week podcast, uh, Pete brings this up mm-hmm. uh, and how he hates hearing this this idea of concept art mountain that everyone's trying to climb. Yeah, what is that? It's like, <laughs> it's like oh, that's the path. That is it. That's because like John Park's that good. Craig Mullins is that good. And Ian McKay's over here. But it's this one mountain and, and, and you're supposed to climb it and snipe off everyone that's trying to climb it with you. And it's like, that's that's such a good analogy of what what it feels like sometimes within <laughs> the this sniper, industry. The sniper, yeah. you're in a ghillie suit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, like, it's like oh, I'm going to learn something that they're not going to learn. I'm going to take them out. <laughs> like, wow, we really made ourselves crazy. But it really is just it's not. I mean, the mountain analogy is good for like the idea of going on a difficult, striving, struggling journey. But it's more of like a, a foggy swamp that sometimes you're alone, sometimes you're not, sometimes you figure things out, sometimes you don't. Yeah. So yeah, a swamp is better. Yeah. And some people are just like in the mud, and other people are grasping to a tree limb. That's really more. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. more. And some people cute. are just floating above the water, like Ian McKay, just waving at us. Hey, how's yeah. it going down there? He's like in a helicopter, <laughs> like, like looking at the swamp. Like, there's a lot of people down there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Good Back job. to you, Jen. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. And oh, when I saw him at uh, Lightbox, uh, I I finally got him to sign my book. Oh, good. Shadow line. But as I mentioned earlier before the podcast, like I wasn't starstruck in the same way I was before. It was more like acknowledging a fellow human yeah. who happens to be an artist. and But still, he he's in his 50s maybe or something like that. He's, he's in, you know, 
but he had more energy than anyone he there. seems like a very high energy guy he was like just like marching along with a smile like waving to people and gregory manchester how are you doing and just like i'm like who is this person what is that is so uh, strange but i don't idolize him in the way i used to same with mullins like i used to you remember me back yeah. in art center like you're the best but now I'm me like, too man yeah it's just I don't know. How many hours did you and I spend over other people's art drawing lines and analyzing and tracing yeah. shapes? And yeah. it really, back then, it really felt like there's a science to this and we will unlock it. This is the Manhattan Project. We're going to build the bomb and we're the bombs. It really felt that way. You, you remember when I had my Eureka uh, experience of simultaneous contrast? Oh, yeah. It was like a religious conversion. <laughs> I still, to this day, freak out about it. And like, People on my Discord, like whenever I bring it up, they they are like, "Oh, here he goes again!" Like, yeah, I was there. I was yeah. I was watching. I was like, "Whoa!" Simultaneous contrast. Even, was, even if you Google it now, it doesn't explain it the, the way that I see it. Yeah, man, values. <laughs> cool, dude. <laughs> but they pop. They sure pop. One thing I want to I forgot to talk about. Going back to Tool, this was just floating in my back burner. Um, so I mentioned to Adam Jones and how he talked about John Singer Sargent and he's into art. So he follows a lot of art, like artists that we know uh, on Instagram and they're on tour soon. And he hired a bunch of artists to like make posters for them. And of course, art that's related to their style. I've seen that on Instagram. I think. Yeah. Like in the past couple days. Yeah. 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 One of them being Eliza. Do you know her work? Yeah. Yeah. She's. She's in art for two. That's oh, that's, that's dope. so cool. She didn't tell you. Like, they're probably and oh, they were probably on NDA about it. There's that and like she was two tables down from me at Lightbox and it was so unfortunate because we didn't even have a second to like hang out or talk. Yeah. And it's so cool that she did work for them and, and that's dope. some other artists too. I think I saw that like Miles Johnston yeah. was doing something. Yeah. For them, that's the suits so it. rad. Yeah. Oh yeah, totally. Yeah. Man. Yeah, they picked very good, and of course they got like Alex Gray on there. But he oh, also yeah. did like covers for them before. Yeah, most of the covers. Like that, right? He he really did something amazing. Like he set the standard for like this is what transcendental art mm. looks like, right? Mm. And it's like very hard to escape that. I don't know. I think about it now because I'm I think about that stuff so often now, and what the art. He seems to talk about it, like how strange the art experience is, and did all you of see that. His TED talk. Or heard him in interviews. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I, I've seen that TED Talk. I think I've seen like one interview with him before. If you're going to cross into those realms, if you're going to treat your art in that, in that so sort directly. of... So directly, right? It's like, does it need to be that direct? It's like, I don't feel like I could do that. It's, it's like, I, for it's as much... It's amazing, to be honest. It is amazing. He, I wouldn't put it on my wall, but I see it. You know? No, it's nuts. Yeah, yeah. It's nuts, yeah. No, same impression. I'm like, I'm like I, w- I wouldn't put this on my wall, but I'd totally go see it at a museum. Like, yeah, yeah. it's just so aberrant and it is special it's yeah. something very special one of my sister's favorite artists she loves him really yeah. oh, i think cool. he's a lot of people's favorite artists um he if we want to make this like a proper podcast we have to do what the other podcasters do like joe rogan so he always talks about the same things dmt <laughs> <laughs> totally psychedelics art man alex gray yeah like, yeah burn it out uh, never done it no okay. one's advocating drug use here yeah. cut this part of this weird things happen when you're meditating so, oh yeah the weirdest regular thing that happens to me for with meditation with meditation if i focus if i have my eyes closed right if i focus on my visual field with my eyes closed and i just try to put all my focus on the darkness behind my eyes and i just try to concentrate on that if i do that for a while i'll 
basically hallucinate things for split seconds mm -hmm. like <laughs> see things and it it basically has the quality of a dream like oh, okay like lucid it feels like a lucid dream mm -hmm. but it's like that like super short mm -hmm. bursts but there's no but i'm not asleep it's like i'm aware and i'm not tired like i can just get up and stop meditating and mm. it's done um i'm not making any claim that i know at all what's happening you know but in fact even this isn't that weird for me because i think i've actually said this on my channel mm. already i've talked about this before but it's i'm looking at darkness i'm aware of darkness and then the same way that if you're making a sandwich, you might be in a visual hallucination, like a visual imagination, yeah, yeah, yeah. right? You're like yeah. thinking about someone you saw or something like that. If you're we, in two places at once in a way. Yeah. So if you have the, if you feel the belief that, let's say that process, you're making a sandwich, but you're back at the bank when you saw that other person and they're just in your mind, right? If you, if you can accept that that might be an arbitrary process, that comes and goes in your mind really without your will then it's open to happen while you're sitting there looking behind your eyes oh okay if it so it just comes and then i'm there it appears for a split second and then because it appeared i'm aware of it which ends the dream so it's there it's the quantum state yeah it, <laughs> you observed it so it doesn't exist it yeah <laughs> it's crazy and it but it's for that split second it is seen as real as anything that's amazing and then it like and then when it dissipates it leaves like like that glowing after image that's always behind your eyes like if i saw a microphone it's like it disappears right. it, it's the weirdest it's the that's amazing that's it, fun i'm very i'm interested in it because i can't decide what i see and it's not anything special Sometimes it's stuff that makes sense with recent experiences. Other times it's totally banal stuff. Mm -hmm. Other times it's very strange indeed. Yeah. But I have no idea what will come. And how much, how, like, because you've been meditating for so long, mm -hmm. at which point were you starting to notice these, let's say, avenues of meditation? That's very recent. That's mm -hmm. like within the last five months. Very cool. I'm tempted to say that has something to do with being a very visual person mm. also because I mean, we just spend so much time trying to understand what things look like. Yes. Thinking visually. Here's a question. Uh, probably not related to all that. Mm -hmm. Maybe tangentially. Totally. Uh, there's a topic that came up on my server for my Patreon discord about being able to visualize things. Uh -huh. Some people have something called aphantasia where they can't even imagine what something looks like. Even if they, if you say, imagine a red apple, you and you and I, I think we could visualize that, but other people can't, uh -huh. um, and to varying degrees. And so, I was talking about this, and I was describing what degree my visualization is capable of. And I think if you open up like a ZBrush thing and put in some objects and light it and texture it and rotate it and put the lighting here, add some more lighting, see the Fresnel effect, look at the details. That's what I can see in my head. I have all these parameters I can control. I could add things to the scene. I could visualize a full anything and pretty much really high resolution. Mm -hmm. you, can you do that? And, and I say full resolution more like it's like I'm dreaming it and I can see it. There's been times where I've tried to like willfully do that. Mm. And I think I 
can. Like, can you see an apple with the wax and the reflection oh, sure. and the reflection on the table? Yeah, just like in a, in a split. If you're like yeah. a cup, like yeah, I can yeah. picture in 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 this transparent overlay in my mind, whatever that yeah, is. Yeah, yeah. There's okay. some. So you can. Yeah, yeah, there's some visual impression. I would say for anything that I'm doing, like in a drawing, like a me for most. For most of the process of drawing, I'm reacting to what's on the page. Yes, like, yes. yeah, I don't. Yeah. I'm not like referencing anything right. up there. I was just curious about the the rendering that you have in your mind. I think I had it sort of for the most part of my life, but Art Center sharpened it. Yeah. So like, yeah, pushing and pulling polygons and changing surface materials and adding uh, an animation loop even in the scene. Like, mm. uh, I don't know. That I guess it's it is mostly developed, but. It started somewhere, and some people, unfortunately, have aphantasia, and they can't even... I, I wonder not about... You, not that you need it. No, no, I don't yeah. think you would, because I do think so much of drawing is Just reacting to yeah. what, what's on the page. So, For concept art, I think part of it, one avenue isn't just reacting but also imagining things and thinking about potential ideas or, right. or seeing a cloud and closing your eyes and imagining it to being a bear or something. You know? yeah. yeah. I have spent a lot of time thinking about how my ideas initially come to me. Mm. And to me, do you get a lot of ideas for drawings or something when you're like driving? Yes. Like they just pop in, right? Showering, driving. Sure. Anytime I'm like, in, yeah. yeah. So I have spent time paying attention. Like what does it look like in my mind when it first pops in? Mm. And I've seen that me naturally, the first thing I get is a, it's black and white. There's mm. never color. There's never color. And it's, it's always just an impression of a form. Interesting. It's a form impression. What my, the first fruit that my mind offers me is, I think what my mind is giving me is, it would be something like that. My mind is saying like, it would be very interesting if this was higher and this was lower and this was more punched in and this was more pulled out. I think that's how my brain is dreaming it. That's how it's dreaming it. Interesting. And okay. I map the idea that it's in black and white to it just because there's no color info there. Those but are I, the binary things. That it, yeah. yeah. But it what my brain is first offering me is an interesting form. That's what the first thing my brain usually gives me. It never gives me scenes first. Like I need to construct that, right? Mm. The, the natural first fruit that comes up in a driving state or something like that is always just like a form. Okay. Just, that's what my brain likes to... That's different for me. I figured, dude, when I had when I first had that realization, I was like, I bet that's fucking different for everyone. Yeah, it's and I be. and I bet you it says a lot about what you like naturally are as yeah. an artist. And I don't know. On that note, which doesn't mean one person's way is the right way. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like right. each person's unique. Let's say fruit that your brain gives you in mm -hmm. that analogy, which is pretty good. Being okay with whatever that is, I think so. Yeah. Um, for me, it's contextual. Like if. Uh, uh, sometimes it's not an image but a feeling mm -hmm. like i want i want the feeling of the lost woods from ocarina of time and the music and whatever my mind might conjure up like blue and green hues mm -hmm. uh, it might show like uh like the rain coming down and i'm looking up at it like this but i think it's up to me to pick the camera angle and mm -hmm. then place the tree place the the feeling of the the texture of the trees that are taking over the scene and a little bit of the scene that has light coming through and there's no texture so i think that's the creative part but yeah. initially it's that feeling um, but at the same time i do have the ability to like bring up a primitive shape and make a complex and 
uh, texture it and UV map it. But, mm -hmm. uh, yeah. And I, that doesn't seem it's that doesn't seem odd to me at all because we dream perfectly. Yeah, yeah. Right. Like yeah. dreams are like yeah. who knows what they are, mm -hmm. and it, they might not even actually be being seen, but it's enough that the mind offers the. The, the feeling perception. that that the perception that they're perfect that they're yeah, yeah, as yeah. real as real gets you know dreams that, are crazy dude thank you for talking to me yeah. about all that i don't get a lot of time to talk to other artists about this stuff anymore also i feel like most artists want to know how make muscles look good <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what, what uh anatomy reference are you looking at mm -hmm. it's proko by the way <laughs> do you watch the Jurassic podcast yeah 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 dude marshall vandruff yeah, so Marshall's cool. so cool. Got to meet him, talk to him for I a bit. Uh, anyway, back to this. Uh, yeah, thanks for watching. Thanks for letting me talk on the podcast. Uh, Thank you. We'll, we'll kind of. If you could just like crop it like right here, because you know. hi. Because what? I don't know. I just feel like yeah, I'm like... weirdly dressed with this blue basketball <laughs> shorts. Dude, and, like... you're chilling, man. <laughs> I'll I'll hit like I'll like scale it up by like one to one hundred five percent. Sure. Just like the ever smallest. Uh, and for upscale. for the fanny parts, like just. Zoom in on her. It's like I oh, want to see oh. the details. Oh yeah, a lot of a lot of fanny dough. Yeah, um, yeah. I don't know what else to close on. That was pretty. Uh, yeah, there's nothing we, to say. We covered the weirdness. Pretty. <clears throat> there's so much to talk about. Still, there really is. One mm. art is really as broad as it gets. I think our next topic on the next podcast is anti gravity and the potential of alien life. Right. Yeah. Just, in the orbit. Mm-hmm. Okay. All the way into aliens. Just right into <laughs> pure fear. Sure. Good stuff. Strange times. Yeah. Strange times. I love sci-fi. Moving on. So thanks for joining in. The thanks, camera. everybody. I the camera's over here. Uh, <laughs> we keep looking. Bye-bye. Bye, everyone. Thanks for being here. Cut.